Hello and welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fan cast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is the story So Farscape. Oh, it's so, so very, very Farscape this time around. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of So Farscape. Season Name, 4, episode nine, 9. A Perfect Murder. Yeah. Well, not that perfect, but you know, mm, as mm. it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Directed by Jeff Bennett, a relative newcomer yes. uh, who's previously done Promises, yeah. the uh, behind-the-scenes book, The Visual Companion, which thank you to our uh, Patreon subscribers for helping to fund that, talked about how when a new director comes on board, they, they like to sort of give them all the toys, like... Yeah. To open the full toy box. What kind of toys are we talking about? Like plot-wise, story-wise, or like oh, technical? Very good. Uh, like technical yeah. stuff like the set department is ready to give their all. They can do special effects if they want. Okay. But in, in Promises, like, it was very much a bottle show. Yes. So on Jeff Bennett's second time around, they wanted to give him a lot of space. He could do location stuff, as we saw. Also, a brand new writer, Mark Saraceni. I was wondering, going to ask about that, yeah. Ah, what it's, is that? I just like found thought that the episode was uh, very well put together, story progression-wise. It was a very interesting way of storytelling, I thought. How did you... Okay, yes. Hey, did you like this episode? Yes. Uh, huh. It was an yes. I thought it was well done. There was a few things I didn't like about it, but in general, I would say yes, I like this episode. I mean, oh, I didn't so much like it, and the fact that it was a bottle episode, but it had some interesting character development for various people. It showed a little bit of character interaction between some of the standard crew, mm-hmm. and I, like I said, I thought it was very well put together, even though it's like the the, the story itself was quite flimsy. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like it's. A lot was done with story structure, hmm, right? What, Especially yeah, at the beginning. Exactly, that's what I mean. That's what, that's why I was wondering about the writer. See, okay, this is weird because I remember not particularly loving this episode. A lot of people hmm. don't particularly love this episode, and like the the visual companion David Kemper talks about. Well, when there's an episode people really love, it's because we took a big swing, and when it doesn't work as well, it's also because we took a big swing, which you right. know I love. Yeah, but I I noticed something. Oh, wow. it's, it's weird to get this deep into it before, like, it's almost like we're doing Willies and Woodies at the start <laughs> of the episode. But, like, I found it really hard to sort of empathize with the characters. Because in the, in the first part of the episode, like, up to the credits and, and slightly thereafter, we've got the sort of Rashomon thing going on. Rashomon? Oh, it's the, it's the Japanese film about the same event seen from different right. subjective experiences. Yeah. We see a bunch of these scenes and conversations, and then we see them again. Yes. So I, I actually was wondering about that. Like, okay, is this a... I mean, at first I'm seeing flashbacks or vision. Right. And I was like, is this a time loop episode? It's one of the things that I that, yes. was, was had written down right at the beginning. Especially because, you know, I mean, this, this Rashomon that you just taught me about, it, 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 at first it seemed that it wasn't quite the same scene. Uh, yeah, there was more to it. You got more like lead up and yeah, context. Yeah, there, there seemed to be like also some discrepancies, which were kind of like, to me, it felt like things were slightly different when you were seeing it from a different character's viewpoint. Yeah. Especially the timing seemed to be off a little bit between various events. I got that as well. I, I, I think in hindsight, it it maybe holds a bit better together than, than, it, than it seemed. But like, I, I think this was quite a divisive episode between mm. people who just did not appreciate like. You, it doesn't really have a heart that okay, you can yeah. root for, for from a certain point of right. view. Right, yeah, yeah. It's we're, we're meant to care about this civilization on this planet 
we really don't, you know. It's like yeah, it's it's tricky, and there's so many of them. Right. So let's let's get back. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get, come back to that because oh I've yes, the hold whole on, thing we haven't like, even described it. Which right? Yes, we've, have we even we're, said which episode it is? Yes, we said it was four or nine, a perfect murder. Oh yes, yes, and yes. let's see what our listeners have to say about this. Uh, first one is by Nazi. This whole thing could have been avoided if someone packed some bug spray. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then while securing supplies on planet Dreadlocks, oof, the crew <laughs> listens to a buzzing in their ear, which upsets the locals and nearly start a civil war. All experience deja vu and Father Jack. Did you recognize him? <laughs> oh, it was actually him. I mean, he looked like him, but... Yeah, he was he was modeled after Father Jack. Oh, I, I mean, he was it was just a puppet, right? You couldn't tell. I mean, it could have it could have gone both ways, as in like a puppet with an, either an actor with like loads of prosthetic makeup or yeah. a puppet. So I assume it was a puppet, but it was a puppet. You're right. Yeah. Oh, the the creature department will be very happy. Like <laughs> Dave Elsie talked about how. Oh, let me see. Did I write that down? Okay. Well, it's a person whose name I have written down in my chicken scratch. I, Sonny Tilders? Apologies if I'm getting that wrong. Uh-huh. They got a new mech guy in who just Dave Elsie was over the moon with because uh-huh. he produced this animatronic that, like, it was a delight to use. It was incredibly versatile yeah. because, yeah, it, for, sometimes you can't really tell if it's makeup or a right. Or a puppet, yeah, it's very well it's done on this on this little armature. Which uh, I, I, I wonder, like, if they were test driving this for a new model for Rigel's throne sled because it had like a lot of the same vibe on it as the throne sled oh, did. You are on point. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I don't know why they didn't use Rigel's existing throne sled because he's uh, not in the episode. They could have no, done that. No, that's right. He's not in there at all, is he? We so hear he, pilot's voice, but we don't see him. Uh, yeah. We hear. I think we hear Rigel's voice, don't we? Do we? It might be. Yeah. yeah. Naranti's not in it. Scorpius nope. isn't in it. No, I was kind of waiting for him to show up, but yeah. And so, this this new throne sled was built for 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 this little character, and it was. I mean, it was such a hit that instead of instead of taking it apart, which they normally do after an episode, like yeah. they take all these animatronics apart because servos. Right? Yeah. We want those, those servos and components. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reuse them for the next one. And this one was put in storage for a potential season five because that would then be Rigel's next throne sled. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Whew. So, yes, very, very well done. I've, have we actually started the episode yet or are we still just talking no, about no, how we, great... No, uh, we did, just did the synopsis. Is, 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 is. Yeah. How do you stop saying that word? Uh, <laughs> it's like anemonym. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't think we have. And I think we should go and dive right on in. So, we open up with a previously on Farscape and then go straight to matte painting and the gorgeous shot of Aaron's new prowler. It's so pretty. This yeah. whole composition, you've got the you've got the castle in the background and you've got this misty forest that they're in. This was actually like in the Australian bush in an area that had been oh, okay. unfortunately ravaged by a bushfire. Right. Some time before. I was wondering about that because it kind of a lot of it looked like stage forests and stuff like that. Yeah. Although there was definitely, uh, yeah, real forest going on. But yes, Aaron is working on the Prowler and there's a little girl and it's all, it's shrouded in mist and there's a little bit of lens affecting and I'm immediately wondering like, okay, what's going on? Like, we've got a child here. It's like, is this Aaron's having like weird future visions of her her oh, child wow. and stuff like that. So that's that's going on in my head. And like, yeah, kids fiddling around with like what looks like the weapon systems of the Prowler or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, you want to stay away from those. 
usually, and she tells him that uh, him, her, I don't actually know the gender of the child. So I think them. it's a boy. It was described yeah. as a boy in the... Okay. Uh, and it's all a little bit like, okay, what's going on? It's like you immediately get thrown in the okay, what's real, what's not real thing. Yeah, because it's got this reverse sort of vignette around the edges. Right. You know, yeah. like, a, like a high school prom video. Yeah. And this... Like, there's this little song being sung, which is actually the voice of Guy Gross, the, the composer. Okay. I just pitched his voice up to do this uh, this child's song. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot here that's actually sort of red herrings. Uh, cut to Chana being chased by an angry mob. Led by Father Jack. Father <laughs> Which is interesting, because he comes around. So, like, yeah, he, at first he seems like, yeah, the weird Puritan priest who is, like... He's like having, so good. ...having issues with Chana sluttiness. You knew our laws when you arrived. I was just having fun. Management is lenient for your indiscretion. Many indiscretions. No wonder. No wonder your men were begging for us. This isn't helping. Who like you. No wonder you're thrown off every planet you land on. He's got um, he's got two horns. One of them's pointing down, which I adore. Uh, and yet, there's a huge crowd of people with large, large sort of dreadlocked hair. Uh, yes, it's chasing like, Tiana. It's like the, the the Princess Leia school of hair wearing, but it's <laughs> kind of gone out of out of hand. You know, like if Alderaan was like Jamaica, and then it would kind of be. Uh, oh, if only Alderaan were that uh, fashionable. Actually, it's, an, it's, an, it's more a Naboo style, isn't it, than an Alderaan style? Because it's her mother also. Wore it like Padme also wore her hair like that. Yeah, interesting. Which is actually I recently learned oh, based on a I, th- I think it's a Mongolian tribe or something it's like something around that part of the uh, world where there's like a, some queen or princess who uh, there's there's some pictures of her like wearing her hair in braids like that and wearing a lot of the an atchir that really looks like what the Naboo queen uh, style is uh, based upon. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I remember Carrie Fisher of Blessed Memory mm. talking about how, you know, she was known for the bunhead look for yes. for many, many years afterwards. And then she went to see uh, Star Wars Episode One, A Phantom Minutes. Yeah. And she was so envious of Natalie Portman for having a new hairstyle every time she walks through a door. <laughs> yeah, she just basically gets like a complete quaff every time. But yes, back to Farscape. I, I kind of like this because there's a clear theme for all of them. I mean, they, they, they either like really, really value their hair or it grows very fast, and there's a huge volume of it for mm. this uh, for this species. Or maybe they're even wigs, but like there's a, there's a huge variation. Like everybody's doing slightly different things right. with it. Yes, but it, okay. I mean, wigs. It seems unlikely because like we see very little of this civilization. Mm-hmm. It's like it's there's the palace, which is quite fine and everything. Everything yeah. else we see is just basically shots of the marketplace yep. or yep. out in the bush. And that's it. We don't see anything of... Nobody's home. No. Right? Not a, not a school or a, a, a public bath or, or whatever. So, I mean, you know, there are cultures where wigs are just... That is just what you wear True. when you go out. Like a, like wearing a hat. So the, the regulars on this planet, they kind of like, yeah, look like a dreadlock-wigged, bun-wrapped hair people. Then there's the priest, who seems to be a... Small person, let's call him like that, who has horns, which we haven't seen on anybody else. Yes, I don't even know if he's the same species. And then we see uh, the other person with, like, you know, the gill throat or whatever. It turns out to be a hive throat, really. But yeah, I think I think it's pronounced elat. 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 Yeah. 
I, I think that both Jack and Elat are... <laughs> Jack is actually Pavu or pa- Parus. Whatever, Parus. Yeah, Father Jack. Jack. Fa- Father Jack, yeah. Yeah, from... Uh, uh, oh, yes, for those for the uninitiated, that's from Father Ted, the uh, Channel 4. Yes, I, I think, think that's right. A, a comedy think, series. I think it was a collaboration with maybe even with Irish TV as well. Wasn't with it? RTA. Yeah, 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 that's very possible. Yeah. And he's the drunken, nonsensical priest. The, yes. Sorry, the even more drunken, even more <laughs> nonsensical priest. Arse! <laughs> yes. <laughs> with the famous catchphrase, Knickers! Key! <laughs> And what do you say to a cup? Take off, cup! He loves his cup of tea. Take off! There you go. Take off! Right, Father. I'm still on this fucking island! I'm still a fucking priest! <laughs> and, yes, so this alien, like, I mean... Do you have any notes on who the actor is who plays the alien assassin, as we later learn? No, no, I don't. I only have it for the the prefect, who is the local. I mean, this planet doesn't have a name. It's it's on the Farscape Encyclopedia project. It's known as the planet of the prefects. Okay. And the current ruler, who has white hair... Prefect for luck. That's Bruce Spence. Now, he is quite a, quite he, a big he, deal. I was going to say, he looks very familiar. You know him as the train man from The Matrix Reloaded. He's played some aliens here and there in, okay. in various cool. uh, Star Treks. I think most recently he was on season three of Discovery for a bit. He was in, oh, uh, Legend of the Seeker. Mm, the don't think I've seen season, that. Yeah. Yeah, based on a uh, fantasy show. He's all over the place. He has a very distinctive... Oh, oh, yes. And he was... Oh, let me see. He was the leader of Uta Pau in Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Ooh. Wow. Turns out I have a... lot of memory about a this A lot camp. of memory from Bruce Benson. I do not know my boyfriend's <laughs> phone number. <laughs> Did you notice that both Ilat and uh, uh, Father Jack yeah. seem to have, like, the same sort of tattoo on their forehead? Oh... On the, it's sort of which, like scarification. Oh, right, yes. Oh, and now that you mention it. Oh, no, I hadn't noticed it, but now that you mention it, I can see that, yes. Yeah, on Elat, it's sort of tilted 45 right. degrees because he's got this. But Elat is an alien. Yeah. He's an off worlder, outsider as well. They don't look like they're of the same species, so maybe no. this is something that outsiders wear here to identify them. So much world building. Yes. I really enjoyed that. Okay, so let's get on with this a little bit, because like we are dragging our heels in about getting actually into the story of this episode. I'm Even it's not really, much of a story. Yet. Exactly. I'm trying to sort of milk the parts that I really enjoyed, <laughs> so I don't have to admit that oh, the episode of the whole just didn't work for me. <laughs> so, yes, Chana's being chased for being a slot. She's being chased for being unchaste. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. And she's unrepentant. Very much so. Dargo's trying to keep the peace with with the leader, Gasha. Yes. He has been like talking to the guy who's going to be the next prefect. There, yeah. is a, there is a little bit of a mention about that it might not happen because there's like some other clan head who is like trying to gain enough votes to have him uh, not become the next prefect. But yeah. it seems to be more or less a done deal. I thought your ascension to the prefecture was predetermined. If he acquires enough votes, I can be removed as unworthy. Removed how? Kill you. It's one of Paris' little negotiations. 200 clans, 200 chieftains, 2,000 grudges to accommodate. One little priest has that much sway over all the clans. Oh, he can be compelling. Compelling enough for you to risk your own life. 
And I think there's even a bit of a mention that if it's Parus, Father Jack, yeah. who casts a vote against him, then he can be assassinated before... Everything's about assassination. Mm. <gasps> oh my God, that reminds me. I wanted to tell you something that, that recently happened. Well, recently in the, in the now times... Was it an assassination? No, oh, oh God, hopefully no. This is happening in the now times, but we're airing this episode much later. So what happened yesterday, which is the 17th of December, 2022, Claudia Black, actual Claudia Black, tweeted on Twitter in response to recent Elon Musk bullshit. Yeah. Elon Musk banned some people because yes, bullshit because reasons. Playing, uh, yeah, so they and were it, tracking his plane, which and is his, public data. Yeah, blah, blah, excuse blah. was assassination coordinates. Yeah. Okay, so... Chloe Black says, assassination coordinates is the new name for my tits because even at age 50, they are pretty killer. And fuck yes! Wow. Yes, Claudia Black is my queen. <laughs> I mean, speaking of tits, well, no, we're going to get to that. Yes. <laughs> we're going to get... <laughs> There's a conversation briefly between Aaron and Chiana. Like she, she goes, oh, oi, oi, up here. Yes, Dargo Ch- basically tells Chiana to get back to Moya, who seems to be in orbit, who is dormant for an unexplained reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, and this is also the first planet out of twenty that they visited since yes. entering tormented space. And they that actually have to. Ma- they have to actually make it on this planet with these clan people because it's a very small planet and everybody knows each other, and you can't. Obviously not go to the other side of the planet to get some water there. Moya is up there floating dormant in space. This is the first planet in 20 that we've found that has any drinking water. You are going to get us kicked off. I didn't do anything. Well, if this is the part where people live and it's burnt out like this, you can only imagine what the rest is like. Mm-hmm. Might not be drinkable Again. water. It's gonna. It's a planet. Yeah, I know. I know. It's but it's hey. like it's the one bar in the planet, you know, that people that they go to. Like, hey, I actually want to defend this because I love the world building here, and that's the the, the part that I love the most. So I'm going to stick with that. They're aware of outer space. Yes, and like the the the, the next prefect, the Shah, actually talks about that he sold his herd to get his son off planet and get a, a, a foreign education. Well, it was more to keep him safe, really. Not, also that, yeah. but like they. They can leave the planet if they if they want to, which means yes, they probably have imagery of their their planet as a whole. Mm-hmm. And if there was an area there that was more livable than where they are now, maybe they would choose to be there. Yeah, but we're still talking. What was it? Two hundred clans. Two hundred clans. Two hundred chieftains. Still a big area. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like, and but they are right in the capital, which doesn't look like much like the capital. I mean, it looks all like mud huts and. Farms, although we don't see ever see anything of that, and we don't know. I mean, mud hut—that may be sort of the optimum construction technology no, for this environment, right? The same with European settlers when they arrived in uh, what they called the New World, mm. were very dismissive of Native Americans' urban and and living structures. But like for the lifestyle and for the the sort of ecological cycle that they were involved in, no, it was still a largely nomadic lifestyle, and it was a very advanced. Like right. a, a, a technology, it was it was it was economically optimal. Anyway, sorry, Chiana is being put in, into a prowler with autopilot on. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's going to go great. Yeah, she's not going to. I mean, she gets told not to touch the controls. Now, once you're in there, don't touch any of the controls. But <laughs> Chiana. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Dargo is trying to make nice with the upcoming prefect. He's like trying to like talk him into. Uh, yeah, okay, well, we'll be fine. We'll just send the slot away, and then we can stay here. And that it's a seems very mild conversation between them, right? It is a bit, although the the, pre, the upcoming prefect, it does seem to be very, yeah, much concerned about the ongoings. One thing that really jumped out at me, he has an empty what looks like quiver or sheath on his chest. Yeah. That was like, 
there's something supposed to be in there. And that comes up later. Sorry, yes. Who, do, who does? John or the... Sorry, Dargo or the... Gasha. Gasha. Okay. That was so prominent. And yes, then John is with... I don't know. Bruce Spence. Yes. Do you want to give him a nickname? Oh, God, let's see. He looks like a vanilla roll. I mean, I mean, he looks like Saruman, basically, but... Oh, yeah. He looks like Saruman, who just had a, 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 a gap done, yeah. year <laughs> yeah. where he traveled the Caribbean and he came back with a with a sort of an island style yeah. that is hugely appropriative, but we haven't really talked to him about it yet. Yes, yes, island Saruman, I love it. Yes, so we see like the other part, the, the conversation again, and... Oh, yeah, also this, this set... Yeah. To see with sort of the stair step reverse ziggurat, it is once again the same set as Grazer's boudoir in What Was Lost. Oh, right, yes. From John Quixote, the the room that Dargo was in. Except now they put a big glass, you know, Window big pane of glass with, yeah, like, with it, sort it, of Sipinski gaskets. It in all it. goes, it's got a fantastically big, great window with all these beautiful uh, triangular patterns on it, and it goes yeah. a little bit hot sucker proxy towards the end. <gasps> oh, <laughs> yes! <laughs> I was even thinking it crowds start of season two. Okay, we can move. We can move a bit quicker because now there's he's have, he's also like coming with Aaron, who's having all these flashbacks. It's yes, not sure Aaron what's is happening. like. So this is like where I'm like seeing the whole flashbacks and visions. Aaron is seeing visions of people getting shot up, specifically our uh, leader type, while she is in this marketplace. I'm getting a really bad bribe. Oh, that's it. Yes, and John mentions, like, oh, God, she's talking English. And then he immediately reaches for the laka again. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, yes. he taught her that. Wait, or I have to remember that, like, yes, him kicking off the laka is like something that happened in a fanfic and not actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly sitting there for a minute, hang on, didn't he quit that? And I went oh, like, wow. oh, no, wait, that was a fanfic that we read. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> uh, the fan fictioneers must be very proud of themselves because we can't tell reality from fiction anymore, much like Aaron, hey, transitional yes. material. Who is like, yeah, she's getting, there's loads of more various flashbacks of things getting shot up and she's not entirely sure what's happening and, and it's all happening with these vignettes. Like, she's right. having more flashbacks. Yeah. So we don't actually know what's, exactly. what's really happening here. What's um, real, what's going on. And, okay, we are now almost half an hour into the recording, and we have only now reached the credits. <laughs> this is not by any means a record for us. But, yes, I think, th- like, things are going to stay slow for a little bit, and then they're going to move fast. And, and yeah, then it's going to be all over in one, in a bit. <laughs> Once we get to talk about all about the interest, the plot's going to resolve itself in, like, a few minutes. Because <laughs> we come back from the credits, and we don't know exactly where we are. There's a conversation with Chiana. Okay, she's back, and she's talking to the locals again. Oh, this must have happened and, earlier. And it well, it turns out to be like the, the the thing that you were talking about earlier, where the the story is now being told from another character's viewpoint. We see more of Dargo. It's more from Dargo's viewpoint at this point. Uh, what's going on with Chana yep. being chased off? Because there's there's a lengthier scene with him talking to the uh, upcoming prefect, explaining why things are going. It's like it's best that like if you guys are seen as little as possible. Actually, it starts off with future prefect Gasha taking his knife out of its sheath on his chest and, th- and threatening uh, Dargo with it. Yes. Right. Give me a reason not to kill you, all of you. Now, one step. My clan is avenged. The leaders are reassured. I am made prefect, a hero to my people. We are going to leave the Mikrot, our Leviathan revives. Only criminals come to this part of space. Perhaps a surprise on your head. 
A bounty I could claim for my people. Killing you would improve everything. We Luxons too struggle to overcome our violent past. Which we didn't see the first time around. No. We didn't see that. It was preceded with this extremely violent confrontation. Mm. And that Dargo's just keeping this his cool with a with a knife to his throat, thereby explaining the empty sheath on Kashar's chest. Yes. Right? Because that's where the knife goes. And uh, then we cut to a scene where uh Sikozu and the prefect's son, who was re- earlier on referred to as the cute one by Chiana. Is he the cute one? I remember him. What's your kid's name, Zerboy? Zerbat! Oh, Zerbat? Yeah. Are making out. And like my, like my note at this point is here, like, oh, it's the son who's the slut. Because there was there, there was some bit. issues about like consorting with the locals, but it turns out that like, you know, son is, the, the son and Sikozu are making out. It's really cute. It's like they're, you know, they've 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 taken their tops off and it's just these these two young people exploring one another's bodies and like sharing I mean, their affection. It's Is Sikozu young? I mean, she. I mean, she read to me as young, like in I mean, the way yes, that, but like college age, not like you know high yeah, school yeah, yeah, age. Yeah. yeah, but like she's a she's been a dedicated academic. Yeah, I don't exactly. know if she's gotten out and like sown her wild oats or Fair. like explored her sexuality uh, yet. Like, I mean, okay, so like, hang on, like this might turn a little bit sexist, and I hope it doesn't. But like, wow, okay, I'm sitting. I mean, here okay, with so editing. you say sown your wild oats, but that seems like more of a masculine thing. It's like, wouldn't the female version be like getting her field plowed? Wow, <laughs> I mean, I have no idea if that's still in the ed- edits. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, is, is this sexist? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> General rule of thumb: If you have to ask, you can safely assume that it is, isn't it? I mean, like, I'm like just trying to stick with a similar analogy. Plowing is something that is done to you. I mean, that's why it's getting. Yeah, I don't know. Wait, that's okay, why. let's go through this. What? What? Sowing your wild oats. Why do you do that? What are wild oats? Do you have like non-wild oats? I have no idea. I mean, like, like it's 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 a phrase that is used. Sowing I've your never wild about oats. It. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Maybe you start off with a with a plot of land, but you don't have starter seed. So you go out and like you harvest, you, like, you find right. some wild oats and you harvest that seed and you sow that and you have no idea what you're going to get because it's all wild. Right, and then you pick out the ones that you get. And then there you, you go. And then you have, yeah, okay, yeah. Right, oh wow, but no, that, about this but, that make, but that makes it sound like a... It's sort of like sowing like apples, a, which is also just right, a, yes. a crapshoot. Yes, Because you've... You're going to get 95% crab apples. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then might have like a golden honey crisp. If you're lucky, yeah. If you're very lucky, you'll get an actual edible apple. But yeah. It's such a weird thing about apples that when you you plant a seed from like a golden delicious, you're not going to get a golden delicious plant. You're just going to get... It's not even remotely close to it. It's just going to be random other apple. Total random. Because massive genetic variation. (laughs) Yep. And therefore, like... Apple orchards used to be hugely unprofitable because only like 5% would be edible. Well, you can make cider with the rest. That's the whole idea. It's like yeah. cider apples. Like they're not edible, but they still produce sugar and yeah, and you get interesting ciders. And that's why you get such lo- local variety because like it just happens to be the apples uh, that are growing in that area. But yes, Chiana... I want to say, yes, yeah, she's sowing her wild oats. Like she's doing the thing where just Fair. playing around a yeah. little bit. We see the prowler returning and then again, Chiana is back on the planet. She's doing her little... Hugely confusing to me. Like, yeah. I was I was sort of imagining that this could have been a flashback to before Chiana was banished. Exactly, yes, me too. Like you're and really then, wondering what's going on because they restart and that's why I like had the like, is this a time 
time loop episode. Right. I mean, it turned out to not to be, but it was definitely a question that was on my mind for a little bit in the beginning. Because I've seen this episode, and I have a note that says, like, oh, wow, maybe Chiana wasn't the, uh, uh, oh, I don't know what the Farscape word for a sexually promiscuous person is anymore. Don't be a truck. But maybe she was just covering for uh, uh, Sokozu. But uh, she's yeah. not. She's not. She says to Sokozu, hey, psst, over here. Tasting the local spices, are we? Go away, you dirty girl. Hey, I got banished for banging some nobodies. What do you think they're going to do to you for banging the future prefect's son? son for banging, yes. Basically, Simba is what we should call him. Ooh, Simba. Yeah, let's go with Simba. <laughs> He's got the pretty eyebrows. He does. So, a little cut back to more marketplace stuff where Dargo and the upcoming prefect are talking. With a rival chieftain. Who and, shows up, yes. Yeah. And showing some of the politics through food. It all smells wonderful. Ukus. Ukus. Ripe from harvest. Our women nurse their babies with it. Mm. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> no. No. Really, it's very, very good. Jabuka clan's finest etmek. Jabuka clan etmek is most tasty. And he says, like, oh, it isn't that very fine. And then the guy goes, like, well, not unless I get you kicked off. And he actually spits it out when the other guy leaves again. Because it so, was filthy, I think, oh, to begin well, with. Oh, it might have been, yeah. Fake off, cop! <laughs> then Dargo goes off to talk to, oh, I forget who. Oh, yes, he busts in on... On the threesome as well some with one extra spectator. Until he's distracted by some what sounds like pulse blaster fire. In the distance, yes. We cut back to John and and uh, Saruman, yep. Island Saruman, uh, having a slightly longer conversation with Aaron, uh, and again hearing the, uh, the pulse fire. Even before we learn what the pulse fire is, Chana has a little meet-up with Father Jack. Yeah. And John has a meet-up with Eilat. Do you want... Do you want to give him a name? Who? Who's he like again? The uh, alien assassin oh, with, the, right. with the head hives. Oh, he reminds me of something. I can't really put my face on it. He's very goth, isn't he? Or is is he, he, he like I mean, new his, wave? His face looks a bit either Asian or Pacific Rim type. I can't really... It's possible. It's under a lot of makeup. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of Pacific Islander people on Australia. Yeah. No. I, I wonder why. I just, yeah, might be. Yeah, might my, be because I mean, they my, were already there. Right, yeah. They were, like, <laughs> we're actually living here. Like, might be Maori or something like that. We don't know. He's got a really interesting sort of makeup because he has hair coming down from one... Zorg from uh, The Fifth Element. Oh. Zorg has hair like that as well. Fair. Hanging yeah. down straight down, yeah. down one side. Who actually threatens John. Like, he holds, he grabs him by the throat and, Ooh. like, dangles him over the edge and goes like, oh, well, be careful, the stairs are slippery. Yeah. And I still hadn't coded him as being an actual alien. I thought he was just, like, another dude. A different type of, maybe yeah. this one likes to shave his hair and just, I mean, it, it's still possible. Right? It's, that, it's, he, he could have been a character on Lex. Oh, wow, yeah. You know, that's what he looks like. Yeah. I, I think they'd be more cardboard integrated into well. his costume. <laughs> yeah, he has... Oh, what's it called? He has a David Bowie eyes. Oh, as in heterochromatic? Yeah. Uh, and he's uh, got uh, kiss makeup. Gene he, <laughs> yes, and his extremely white sclerot eye has, uh, uh. has black makeup around it. And uh, 
I am puzzled by offworlders. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I think we finally get to the scene where the shooting starts. So anyway, I started blasting. Yes. And it turns out that it is actually Aaron who is shooting up the marketplace. Yeah, shooting loads of people, including the future prefect, and even... Dargo. Dargo gets shot right in the assassination coordinates. (laughs) Fortunately, that's the place where he's he's got his best armor going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was all terrifying, though. Everybody comes into the market, sees this uh, this aftermath where Aaron is long gone. Fortunately, Dargo has uh, survived and is able to tell them, "No, it was it was Aaron. I know mm. who shot me." And John's like, "Oh no, can't no be way. Aaron. Yeah, I know who shot me. the 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 guy who was like talking to the uh, upcoming prefects from the from the rebel clan, let's call it like that. Yeah, the rival chief comes yeah. comes up and goes like, "Well, more more off world assassins." And oh, it turns out there were more assassins. Like this is not the first assassination attempt. Or even yeah. successful assassination, and the See, other assassinations happened before we arrived. Ha! Huh? Yeah, and uh, and and Simba, Prince Simba, yeah. solves it. I mean, I, I, no, I can look it, up. It is, it is completely cool. No, <laughs> right. Go for Simba. Resolves this by by saying, "Okay, I'm going to hunt down the uh, yes uh, the, the killer." Yeah, John wants to go find Aaron. the The other guy says, "Like, no, no, can't have that. No, like, yep. yeah, you'd just be going after your own people, and you'd like run away." But Simba decides to like step up who, after he's being challenged by uh, the other guy and like take his new role as leader of the clan. I have the right to avenge my father, to see his killer brought to justice. That is the law. And will you need your nanny? My father is dead. You just insulted the leader of his clan. Like yep. the right of revenge, right of like you know, first uh, first investigation or whatever you want to call it, and he stands up to him. I'm trying to think if there's a prima noctis pun I can make with the right no, first. I was been... Looking for something like that as yeah, well. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> you can hear. You can sometimes happening. hear both of our brains sort of grinding. Uh, no, not arriving there. Going and, in the same direction. And Father Jack says, "Yes, that is legal. That would be an ecumenical matter." <laughs> yes, I. I suppose it like, would. The the priest also seems to be the law speaker. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's such not? an interesting world. Yes, and he, like okay, so a little bit more about his throne sled because like it took me Yay. a while to figure out that was what it was going. But it kind of looks like he's got this music box in front of him with yes. two little handlebars coming out, and he just moves them back and forth to like turn around. Yeah, and <laughs> it's like it's like Anakin's what's it called a pod racer. Yeah. Oh, yes. Right. He has bit, the two yes. sort of yeah, 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 yeah. throttle totally. controls that he's. We see that. We see that more often. Like I think the speeder that Obi Wan and Anakin are in uh, in part two, I believe. Oh, that's. Oh, it also possible. it also has. It's, I thought it had like joysticks, but like the, uh, the forest like speeders. The forest speeders in. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Those. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Look at us, almost becoming a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> oh, I think. Sorry, just to diverge, just a. Even more, my absolute favorite sort of interface for like driving a spaceship is in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, mm-hmm. which is a candidate 
for one of our greatest hiatai because Ben Browder is in it. Yes, as of course a, he is. Yes. Yeah, because Guardians of the Galaxy, as as James Gunn has said, was inspired by Farscape to no great degree. There is like a space van that's being driven at one point by like it has two it has two pilots and like both of the pilot seats have like steering wheels. Yeah. And when they need to drive, one of them turns the steering wheel horizontal and the other one turns it vertical and like they're driving it together because that's how you do three dimensional driving with steering okay. wheels. Okay. So yes, I suppose that could work. Okay, so we're now back in linear time, it turns out. Yes, there's a little bit of kerfluffling about, like, if Simba can do this thing, what he claims to can do, but the priest confirms that, yes, indeed, this is right, and he can, it is proper by the law that uh, he goes about and do, does this thing. Sikosu tags along, and after a bit of a, a bit of sort of gun swinging with, uh, with Prince Simba, he has a lovely gun, by the way. I think I thought he was one of the, the Peacekeeper guns, isn't it? It's not a design I recognize. I oh, mean, okay. I recognize it as a Mass Effect gun. It looks like the it Valkyrie. Does, it does a bit. I, I thought it, like, we can see Dargo wielding it later, but I, I thought I it was one of the guns the that they got from the Moya crew. I'm pretty okay. sure. Pretty sure. So, yes, they decide to go down the, go through the forest for a walk, try to find Eren. John says, like, oh, let's split up. Simba goes, like, oh, no, you can't split up. And he goes, like, well, do trust me or not. Yep. And he sits down, and then Eren is sitting behind him and goes, hey, hey psh. Yeah, after, after uh, Sikozu and Simba go off taking the high Take, road. Yeah, taking three steps before she goes, psst, hey, I'm over here in right. plain sight. Will you take the high road? And I'll take the low road. And I'll be in Scotland before you. Okay, so I have something about that written as well. Oh, okay. still, it's, that's still going to come up in a little bit later. Never mind. Looking forward to that. <laughs> but yes, uh, Aaron is like, oh, well, I don't know what happened there. Like, I just shot the dude, and then I, that's me. all I remember. And he's like, oh, you shot more than just the dude. <gasps> oh, no. Yes. And then the priest is there also somehow. I guess he must have followed them. People kill each other on this planet all the time. I love this little guy so much. I love seeing his face move. It's so expressive. It Apparently, is. Like, there, there there, used to be many more scenes that he was in, but a lot of that was cut down for time, mm. which Dave Elsie was really disappointed by. But Interesting, because, like, they spent a lot of time on uh, Sikozu and Simba making out and mm-hmm. little boob grabbing and kissing, and they spent a lot They're of... They're called assassination coordinates. Come on. It's okay, assassination coordinate grabbing. <laughs> Apparently, there is like pre-production footage of also this animatronic doing some singing in behind-the-scenes videos that we have not been ever shown. Oh, that's a shame. We really need to get on board with one of these people. They can show us all the hidden stuff that we've never. Oh, what a what a treasure trove there must be out there somewhere. I, I wonder if there's like some favor we can do to, like, get into Dave Elsie's personal archive on. <laughs> oh, is that what we're calling it these days? <laughs> But so the priest is sort of on their side, realizing that there may be something going on. Yeah, he's trying to piece it together. Wondering, wondering what's going on. Encouraging her the way the police officers do sometimes, like just try to remember. It again. Yeah, what happened? Like, again, and again, and again. Really frustrated. And this is where we figure out that something was going on because, like, Aaron remembers herself hitting the child, and at the beginning of the episode, it's it's suggested that she strikes the child to keep her away from the prowl or him away from the prowl. Right, yeah, yeah. But no, no, it wasn't that. Like, I didn't do that. And John says, who cares? Because and he's Im- just been bitten by a Right, guy. immediately, yeah. He does the next slap and it's like, okay, something's going on with the box. Like, the moment you see John doing that slap in the neck, slapping himself in the neck, I'm just like, uh-huh. okay, this is something. Yep, we don't have to wait good. for very long because we see a little uh, green bug 
getting dying and like off bugs. screen father jack says yeah oh, there's no bugs on this planet i'm just like wait you gotta have a very peculiar kind of you no know, vegetation i mean i guess it must all be self-pollinating or something like that or whatever maybe yeah. no maybe bugs everything on the planet. Just burnt nice. out. I mean, that would be great you know no bugs on the planet oh i mean what have bugs ever done for us i mean aside from support this do, star they, food they chain do, that no, we're they, completely they, they, dependent yes, on it would be so nice to have a complete food chain which is doesn't have bugs in it that'd be nice no, but then hold on. There's huge sort of size variability in the food chain. Yeah. So if you if you don't have the smallest thing in the food chain, then the largest thing gets to be bigger. I think that's how it goes. Okay. Fair. No, I'm very glad that know. there's I'm very glad that there's bugs. Oh yeah, I am. I'm very glad that there's bugs in our ecosystem. I mean, yeah. that's what keeps it going. But like, it wouldn't be nice if we had an ecosystem very similar to ours, but no bugs. Okay, but if you say that to a genie, which you really mustn't, he'll oh, just say, well. okay, so you want all bugs to be dog-sized. Can do. <laughs> no, I definitely did not say that. Mm. Also, that would be a bit of a mass problem, but yeah, anyway. Speaking of mass, this, this sort of forest location, this burnt-out bush location, was, yeah. was really fantastic to work in, and they put it in the fog, and it looked really amazing. It was kind of tricky for the actors, because all these trees are charcoal. Oh, So okay. you touch them. You've got to stay in the hand or glove or whatever, which right. is bad enough for like the human looking actors, but absolutely disastrous for everyone in makeup. Almost immediately, John starts getting visions of himself shooting the priest. And I love that that he sort of responds to this by saying, oh, I'm the next assassin. Assassin, yes. He hands his gun to Aaron. So they go off doing a little sweat lodge thing where the priest is making smoke because apparently this really confused despite me. Despite the fact that like they don't have any bugs here, they know that smoke drives off bugs, but it also might be that he's just like thrown some magic herbs into the in, into the fire and that like they're trying to like get the the bug infection out of their system. And he gives John his gun back. Yes, which kind of comes shooting out of the front of his magic box. It's fantastic, but like, he just handed that to Aaron a second ago, like, before yeah. we went to commercial. It's like a whole scene was cut out. Because he asks the priest, like, how did you get this? And the priest says, Gans! Peacefully. Yes. <laughs> like, like Winona's had a whole adventure that we don't know about. So yeah. I'm very curious about that. Might have been a scene where he was talking to Aaron, which got cut out. Cue Simba and uh, Sikozu are finally done with doing their nookie and show up. They're cute together. Uh. And then... Chiana has meanwhile been captured somehow. Hang on, what did they, what, what, what they all talk about? Like, like, like what do you oh, suppose? I don't care. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I just, I, yes. Like, the actual resolution of this, of, of this whole mystery, I, I kind of don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, Chiana has been captured by the outgoing Island Saruman. Island Saruman, yes. And Zorg. And Zorg, yes. Okay. And they do another. Oh, let's talk in front of the... the, the. <laughs> yeah, let's discuss our evil plan and how it worked and didn't work out yes. in front of this prisoner that we have. Why they have her, I do not know. But yes, Zorg was was hired as an, uh, as an assassin. As an assassin minder, yes. Basically, he can produce these flies... Which, Sagaba flies. Sagaba flies, and they they sting people, and then he can like influence them with his mind control. Mm. But it doesn't work on Chana because the flies don't like Chana. They don't like Nabari. Yeah, apparently. Flies are. Like, I mean, I mean, it sounds great to be in Nabari. You know, you don't get a sun, you don't get sunburned. You don't. Uh, wow. I mean, the society is not the, really something that. I'd approve of, but like all uh, Nabari we've seen are hot and yeah. I was gonna say, just imagine being like in in Neri's sort of rebel cell, and yeah, you're running for your life the whole time. But oh my god, it's just New Wave City up in there. 
<laughs> like you wake up to a flock of seagulls every morning. Damn. So, yes, Island Saruman just, uh, has hired him to, <laughs> like, so disturb the, te- uh, the peaceful transfer of power. Oh, wow. And yeah, way to bring us to a timely... No, absolutely. That's what it's, what it's, what it's all about. And he, has want, he wants war between the clans, so, presumably, so he can stay on. Yeah, and to blame it on these outsiders. Yeah, that part, I mean, you're right. His motivation is probably that uh, Island Saruman wants to stay in power. I mean, that's uh, the only thing that I can think of. Right, but it's not, like, very made explicit, whereas a lot of other less important things are made explicit. Mm. Also, which, what I don't understand is why Chana uses her vision power again to see what Zorg is doing, because, like, he's doing it right in front of her again. Yeah, she can just see it, and they also said what he was about to do. Yes, make so, more bugs. Yeah, she, it, for her trouble, she gets beaten up, which yeah. is another. Oh, poor Chana! She gets like the short end of the stick so often, <sighs> and she's also blinded because yeah, she's used her power again. Yeah, we see John and Aaron going through the the woods. It sort of looks like the the swamps of sorrow in Never Ending Story. It does a bit, yeah. That, that. That's what the way why I th- a lot of these shots gave me the impression that it was like a soundstage shots, but no. It's oh yeah, especially out- Kroll. Yeah, the swamp scene in Crow yeah, looked like that, that from our yep. earlier uh, greatest Absolutely. hiatus, and they're being eaten alive by bugs. What do they eat when they can't get Hobbit? And John and Aaron are starting having visions of shooting each other first on the stairs, and yeah. then later in the throne room. Let's call it that. Yeah, on the stairs while they're talking to Chiana, who clues them into what's happening and that the flies are the problem. And say, yeah, but uh, they figured that out. I figured that out. Yes, and they're actually pointing guns at each other, and they manage to keep themselves under control for now while both of them have visions of shooting one another right in the assassination coordinates up in the uh, yes. uh, Aerie. Zork shows up with a gun but gets quickly taken down by both John and Aaron. Is, <laughs> the, that, the, is that the archaeology gun again? I don't Look know. at how he's got, he's got it mounted on his wrist like a, like a, 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 a bolt caster or oh, something. Oh, no, 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 it's a pickup weapon because Simba later picks it up. So it's well, yes, yeah, yeah, but Brooke walks in with it here. Oh, well, who knows, whatever. There's right. a firefight, poof, 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 poof. Lots of, oh, lots of, like, explosive squibs and little puffs of smoke in yeah. there. It looks really cool. Followed by once the threat of Zork has been temporarily eliminated because he's still alive, uh-huh. and it turns out he's still probably using his mental powers to try and get John and Aaron to shoot at each other. And they can't stop themselves. Is, first they try to shoot Zork, which they can't. They both say, like, I can't shoot him. Yep. And then they try to shoot each other, and Aaron goes, like, well... Each of them, each of them miss, each of and them Aaron miss. goes, I don't have the strength to miss next time. And John <laughs> goes, I'm not sure I'm that good of a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is, I think it was played very well, that scene. That was very well done. It could have been much cheesier, and it was yeah. actually done quite well. Claudia Black, the majestic Claudia Black, talked about, like, this was a very difficult episode to film because, like, all of those flashbacks, it's a really interesting dramatic structure, and it looked great on the page, but once they got to, to planning it, it couldn't be scheduled, like, in a, in a sort of rational format. No. So they found themselves kind of hemmed in because they would have to choose a performance and then motivate it later. Right, yeah, yeah. And they felt sort of locked in I can, by that. I can, I can imagine that would be very, yeah, it's very tricky for an actor to, like, yeah, shoot stuff like that out of order. You know, I really thought the coin toss ended badly. It did. Speaking of shooting out of order, Dargo and Chiana take down John and Aaron when, when Dargo shows yes. up. Chiana! <laughs> You can fight against it. 
Blind Chiana manages to take Anton Aaron. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah. I guess she heard the creaking of black leather, the unmistakable oh, creaking yes. of... And, and John, while being pinned down, asked Darko to knock me out. Darko, just knock me out. Knock me out! Hit me hard, you big sissy! Darko, who has a venom tongue that's exactly for knocking people out, <laughs> instead punches him several yes. times. Punch me harder, you... <laughs> wow! Yes. Just use your tongue, Dark. That's a good point. Hmm. I'm sure there are fan fictions that include exactly that line. Oh, here we get a good shot at the gun. I don't think it's the archaeology gun. Uh, oh, it, it sort of looked Mad Maxy to me. But yeah, but Father Ted floats up. No, it's not not Father Ted. Father Jack Father floats Jack. up behind uh, Zork and uh, and deploys a his R two R two D two buzzsaw. Yeah, he just has that for decapitating people. <laughs> well, maybe not for that purpose, but it works. What else is it for? It's a buzzsaw. You can use it for everything, lots of things. And yes, he basically saws through the back of Zorik's spine, uh, uh, thereby eliminating the threat. Breaking the spell. And lastly, Simba aims his, his I think it's the archaeology gun, at Island Saruman. And says, you must die for my, for my father. And the, and the priest goes, oh, think about this. And he does think about it. And it offers him two alternatives. Yes. Either stand trial for the uh, in, among the clans for what he's done. Or you can die heroically, which I think is, is sort of to mean, like, I can kill you right now and then say that you died defending the whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But Island Saruman pulls a Hudsucker proxy. Yes. Opens the window and goes like, wee. Yeah, it's so weird because he's, he taunts Simba. I'll not be judged by you or your pitiful counsel. <laughs> oh, is that your father I hear begging for mercy? And he falls down. I'm like, is there some kind of irony I'm supposed to recognize? I have no idea. I mean, Simba looks a little bit shocked, but... There are... So this is one of many things that might have made more sense in a longer cut. Uh-huh. Because this reference to mercy, I, I just don't get what we're supposed to feel here. No. But also, oh no, I'm going to save that for my willies and woodies if we're if we're there yet. Oh, we will be there soon, I think. Oh yeah, speaking of woodies, Simba and Sokozu are holding hands and they're saying goodbye, much like I think Jewel and oh, what was his name? The the last horse-headed Scarin that we saw. Oh. This really sort of cool, peaceful uh, Scarin mm-hmm. kind of held hands and sort of said goodbye, like the end. Oh of, uh, right, the just before the, the uh, medical transport got blown up. That's the one. Uh, Simba tries to convince Sokozu to stay. And, and she says, like, oh. I would love nothing more, and doesn't. Yes. There's no motivation. Like, nope. why do you need I, to move on? Basically, he goes like, yeah, I'm only going to be like the principal for like six months or half a cycle. And then we can go anywhere. We can like go off world. We don't have to stay here. Yeah. I think she goes, she kind of suggests like, no, you should be like, you know, the clan leader for your dad. And I'm just going to go leave. Right. I don't understand this scene. Yeah. Like, I think that she's just dumping him. Yeah. Because he's her summer boy. She's having a little fling, which, okay. The boys of summer, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, brown skin shining in the sun. But then she's not being very honest with him. She's not telling him, this is just a fling for me. You should sow some more wild oats. Yeah. Chiana is complaining to the priest that she's like suffering the longest blind spell that she's ever had. And he does that. That sort of Oh, you shouldn't use your power then anymore. Yes, exactly. Like, it hurts when I do this. Well, don't fucking do that then. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Sokozu shows up to, like... And they have, like, a, Loved good, it. a, a good little moment there. Like, Loved it. Yeah. Like because the, Sokozu says to Chiana, okay, it's time for us to go. And Chiana says, oh, and leave all this good shit behind. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
And Shikozu actually comes in to sort of comfort her. Yeah. And like four heads together and Shiana says, nah, I'm just kidding. It's all rubbish here. Let's go. Yeah. And they leave arm in arm, which is one of my favorite images. Yes. Then, of course, because this is Farscape and we have to end on a cheerful scene, we have Erin sitting by the grave of one of the people that she shot, actually several of the graves. And the kid is also there because it was the, their pa- the kid's parent that Erin uh, shot. One of 17 oh, no. people. Oh, I didn't get that before. But oh. I didn't see that the kid was there at one of these these graves as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. <sighs> so much harder. And not a lot is actually said there. But, like, yeah, one of the things that I, I got from this episode is, like, yes, Aaron has now is killed another 17 people, which, I mean, like, it's probably not adding, you know, a significant percentage to the total. Uh, yeah. But it's still, like, something that th- I think she would like to have thought that she'd broken with. Even and though it she, was out of her control. And it was out of her control, yeah. But still, you know, I can still imagine that one would feel uh, at least a certain responsibility for that, even if you know that you were being mind frailed at the time. All right. And it wasn't even the cocaine fairy. This time, no, she the, just no. doesn't show up at all. <laughs> all right, come on, let's do this. She gives me a woody. She gives you a willy. Okay. Okay, show us your willy. All right. Shows well, your assassination coordinates. Okay. Go on. <laughs> so my first thing is, like, I was a little bit weirded out by the way that the episode seems to go between daylight and darkness and everything. Like, the marketplace is always in the dark with lights on, and then there's, like, the palace, and you never know. Sometimes it's dark outside the palace, I, and sometimes it's light outside the palace. I think I can solve this. Uh Amazingly, like it just occurred to me, we see these images of like the castle is high on a hill, which, by the way, Simba burns as his first. Uh, right. Yes. Right. Like uh, it's, it's it's this airy. I think the suggestion is that the market is actually in the valley. Yeah. Right. That that your sort of authority is represented by your by your height, and in the valley it's dark. Yeah. And in the airy it's light. But it's and always in the forest, the, it's foggy. But yes, but always the scenes in the throne room, it's always just blue outside. It's kind of like always, almost looking nighttime-ish as well. Oh, yeah. And the only times we actually see daylight shots is when it's when they're out in the forest. Yeah. When it's Kozu and uh, Simba making out or when they're just like being chased by the mob or so anything like that. Willy? Huh? That's no, wait, no, 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 it's not. That, like, oh, okay. that's just, you never, I, I never show my willy on the first try. You, know <laughs> you never show your real feeling. You just show a decoy willy. You just think, show off the, the sort of... I think my willy goes to this, to this trend that we're seeing in the last few episodes here of people just talking right in front of other people about <laughs> shit that's like not supposed to be like... <laughs> I think that's what my will gets my willy <laughs> yes. for this episode. Yeah, because Aaron is like... Punching Judying behind everybody, and like as an audience, you're going, She's behind you. Yes, and, and like, like Island Saruman and uh, are doing <laughs> yeah. the same thing in front of Chan. And this is like a trend that I've been noticing in in, uh, in Farscape recently. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but as a child, I, I visited my family in France and they took me to Bac Asterix, which is like Asterix and Obelix, yes, yes, yes. The, uh, the sort of Roman area Gaul invasion comic by. Is it Gosini? Yes, Gosini uh, uh, and Derso. Oh, so I was I was there, and you know you have because it's a theme park. You have all these all these actors portraying yeah. like these characters, and Obelix was running around, and then there was a centurion hiding behind like a little branch that he was holding, and like all the <laughs> yes. children are like, "Ilala, Ilala, there he is, there he is." Yeah. Like Obelix looks around. Oh, I don't see, I don't see anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, that's your Willy. Yes, it's a very good Willy. Thank you. I think my Willy, my Willy is actually really, really. 
really wide. Okay, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the lyrics for Ya Ya Ding Dong from Eurovision, A Fire Saga. My love for you is growing wide and long. All the, the sort of red herrings and I guess missed opportunities. Because we get like the Laka thing. Yeah. I thought that the lacquer thing was going to come back yes. as a means for John to resist the scum. Oh, that would have been a good one. Yes, but we only see him sniffing it once when he when he talks to uh, and it's Aaron. in the yeah. yeah and it's in the flashback yeah or the, sorry the previously on right yeah, yeah so I thought that he would have somehow like a residual unexpected resistance mm-hmm. much like when oh in a clockwork nabari he was given the the same sort of cleansing yes potion. yes 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 well, that's just, very good yes uh, uh, harvey could soak it up and you think but, that should have been the case yeah so that wasn't the case i thought also that i mean a big deal was made that erin spent her her summer holidays as an assassin Yes. That that would come back and absolutely nobody mentioned it. No, very good point, yeah. Right? That maybe that was coming back. Not even she mentioned it. It was just completely <laughs> dropped off. Yeah. And yeah, so like, I, I I don't know on whose... No, obviously I don't, I don't like blame any particular person for that because no. these are hugely collaborative efforts. And I mean, my Woody has to go to like the world building. So much was done. The story build up, yes. Or the, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I, I, I want to say the world building. Okay. I don't, for me, the story structure didn't completely work. Didn't no. deliver like the thrill that I wanted because I felt dissociated from our heroes in the beginning because I right. knew more than they do. Yeah. And I also didn't know exactly what they were experiencing because it was quite confusing. Right. Well, like I said, like, I wouldn't call the story itself the, 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 the thing that I liked, but I, I did like how it, was, how it was built up, how it was, yeah, how it was presented, the, the effort that went into that. I did like that. But I think that my actual Woody has to go to the uh, to Father Jack's R2-D2 book. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> Father Jack is amazing throughout, and yet he just does And it's a huge buzzsaw. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like LP-sized. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jacob's Creek Chardonnay, 1991. <laughs> and that's the story so far, Skate. Yes, please join us next week for another fanfic and the week after that for episode 410, Kubai Clam, where the crew visits the paranoid, politically unstable planet of Kurtanen. An opportunistic doctor poisons and blackmails them and things get even more complicated when the planet's resistance gets involved. Okay, so another politically complicated planet and an assassination. Sh- oh, that more sounds great. Yes, that sounds heard- great. Well, I'm sure there's not a lot to look forward to there. It's no, really it's boring and tormenting yeah, they're, 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 they're really like falling into a rush it's, here. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's just going to be the same shit that we've just seen a hundred times before. before. So, I mean, if you want to skip Kubai Clam, you totally can. Oh my God, what am I saying? Absolutely don't. Thank you so much to all of you for joining us once again for So Farscape. You can check out sofarscape.com slash links if you want to send us a synopsis. We absolutely love them. And there's not that many episodes left to go, so get in there while you can. You can contribute to our Patreon, with which we've funded all the, the research material and so much of our recording equipment. Thank you so much for the continued support. Uh, you guys mean the world to us, and we are actively looking for uh, ways to fulfill our promise that if there's any left over, which it looks like there is going to be, we will spend on stupid shit. <laughs> and also, like, you could send us fanfics, although I think we've got ourselves quite covered with Terra Firm Escapers. So okay. thank you We're so much well. for but that. Even then, suggestions we would appreciate if you think that, like, a particular fanfic that you remember reading about an episode that might be upcoming or not, then we would definitely uh, love to hear that. Of course. We love comedies and preferably shorter than about 4,000 words because there are some novels out there. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so far, Skip, so good. good.